On today's episode, we dissect the Oscars. What did we like? What did we not? We also take a look at this week's headlines and dive into all that juicy movie news. This is Cinemaxic. <laughs> And welcome back to another episode of the Cinemaxic Podcast, a podcast about movies. As always, I'm your host, Max Leadham at Max Fozzie. And uh, today, we're starting it off with just uh, just two people. Two people today. And uh, let me tell you, I'm looking at this... As all things begin. <laughs> as they all do. And let me just say, I'm looking at this gentleman... We're make a podcast, baby. We, we truly are. And... Let me just say, I'm looking at Tanner very much like Lady Gaga looked at Bradley Cooper last mm-hmm. night with love and lust. Tanner Rush, back on the podcast. How are you doing today, my friend? Good. Although, I'm worried for Bradley Cooper's girlfriend. If she doesn't feel a little bit insecure about what went down last night, I applaud her. Yeah. Because she is a supermodel, and she is gorgeous. My goodness, uh, I felt like I was intruding on like <laughs> some intimate moment watching that last night. I felt gross in a in a good way. I'm like, wow, this is really good. But yeah, yeah I I swear if they cut the cameras right now, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you what was going to happen next. <laughs> Let me just say that because wow, that was some uh, that was some tension. Um, it's a beautiful day today. It was. Uh, it, the sun was out all day, and th- that was really nice. So uh, there's something about when the sun comes out like this after a long, hard winter that just brings that sense of optimism back because yeah. you know, we all go through this winter, these winters together, and it just real blows sometimes, you know. I think um, – I don't know why – I know there's a reason. I don't know it, but – that the new year is mm. January 1st, in my opinion. It should be like February, March 1st. <laughs> March 1st. Like in the spring. Like yeah. that makes more sense to me uh, on I... a conceptual level. They're like, no, let's start the year in the <laughs> middle of winter. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I don't, maybe just because they're like, they try and break it up to make it easier. It's like, okay, should we experience the whole winter in one year or should we, you know, make this easier on each other and break this in half? Some sirens yeah, going you on get, outside. You by get the way. two winters a year. No one wants two winters a year. You know, I think, but I, I'm okay with whoever invented this. I'm okay with it. I'm not because I would rather see. For me, I I think of it like the gym. I'd rather do 15 minutes of cardio at the start and then 15 minutes of cardio at the end, rather than have to do 30 minutes of cardio right at the right at the right right then. You know. Is right at the end. This would be like this yeah, would be like but, it's like oh you just finished a hard workout. Time for thirty minutes of cardio, and you're just like oh god I forgot my headphones. I'm gonna have to. I, I don't have anything to look at the TVs with, so I just. I, I, you have something to look at the TVs with. You can't hear the TVs. Well, yeah. Rather, you have your eyes. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? No, but mm. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about movies. We should. Uh, so Tanner and Tanner and I are going to do this duo podcast today. At some point, Tim uh, should be jumping in to join us for our Oscar recap at the end of the podcast. But we're going to try and keep this thing nice and tight and controlled. 
Yeah, and, we got uh, stuff to do. We got we got things to do today, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna try and get in and out of here in under an hour. So I can't talk to you guys all night. <laughs> Wish us luck on that. So with that, it is time to dive into our first segment of the day, and that is in the news. <laughs> So Kingsman 3 has been delayed, and I'm curious, I don't know your feelings on the Kingsman franchise, but I'm was i, I I'm a fan, I, I do very much enjoy it, actually Kingsman 1 is one of my top 25 movies of all time, maybe, I, I really? thoroughly enjoyed Kingsman 1, huh. Kingsman 2 I think took a step too far into the hyper-violence and a little bit too far into the unrealistic realm. I kind of liked the Kingsman's like based in reality, but also some crazy hyper violence type of thing. It was a nice mix between almost a James Bond and um, a comic book uh, version of James Bond. Mm-hmm. Just it, it, bright colors and vibrant action scenes, and but still grounded uh, spy goodness that you would get from like James Bond. Um, so. I, I was looking forward to Kingsman 3, but it has been delayed till 2020, um, and I just wanted to know your thoughts in general on Kingsman, and if you were excited for the third in this series. So I haven't seen the second one. Um, mm-hmm. With the first one, it's it's weird. I'm conflicted on it. For like every one thing I liked, like there was another thing that just left a bad taste in my mouth. I... Um, so it's weird. It's like it... It's fun and violent and whatever, but at the same time, like, it's a weirdly misanthropic movie. Like, everyone's heads just start exploding, and (laughs) we see, um, ah, shit, what's his, Colin Firth, that really very, very well choreographed and filmed and edited, um, fight scene in the church, and that's it's one like, of the greatest fights. This is cool looking, but that. within the context of the movie, like <clears throat> it's not like a cool thing is happening, right? Like he's just murdering people. But it's playing Freebird and it's like, oh yeah, rock and roll. But Whoa. it's like it's not it's it's there's this dissonance between what's happening and the tone the movie goes at it with well, there's a disturbing there's a disturbing link i think the director you're supposed makes to think it's cool well, well you're well, the, the disturbing link is it, it's you're supposed to think it's cool but this is clearly a westboro baptist church uh this is clearly this church they're going to is supposed to mimic the westboro baptist church right and you're supposed to hate these people and there is a little bit of a disturbing link between like maybe the the director of this film the writer of this film thought you know, this is going to be my uh, my moment of joy, just watching this scene happen and all these dudes that I hate get killed. Uh, it's just, I mean... It's it's weird. They can have, like, problematic opinions and beliefs, but, like, I'm not going to, like, cheer to see them die, though. Sure, sure. And no, I feel yeah, like yeah. the movie's like, isn't this funny? Isn't and, this cool? And it's like, the, nah, dude, this is kind of fucked. That's like, the, the, there's a dis- there is a disturbing... And, like, the whole movie's like yeah. that. Well, there, there is a disturbing link there, but I... At the at the end of the day, that action scene is incredible. Uh, they play Freebird, which couldn't have better been a better song to com- 
to play during that just the the whole rhythm of the scene was great but um yeah it's that's that is the kingsman franchise though you know you're gonna get hyper violence and maybe a little bit of uncomfortable violence which certainly when you see number two is not going to you just gotta buckle up for a little bit more of that now with kingsman 3 they have a very interesting cast though that I'm, i'm quite excited for so uh we're not gonna be getting uh oh uh Edgerton. Uh, well, it's a prequel, isn't Taron it? Taron Edgerton, yes, because it is a prequel. Now they're calling it. Now they're they're talking about it as if it's Kingsman three, which usually you'd save that for the sequel That's of the dumb. two. I don't like when they do numbered sequels, numbered prequels. Prequels, yeah. I don't know if they will, but we'll see. But it's called Kingsman: The Great Game. It's been pushed back to 2020, but the cast is really really good it has a uh, gemma archerton in it who gemma's been in um really nothing at all uh, uh quantum of solace <laughs> she was in that she was also in strawberry fields she was in prince of persia um, that's right that was she was in that netflix forgettable yeah um aaron taylor johnson which i'm super excited about because i love aaron taylor johnson he was great in um uh, that latest one from Tom Ford, uh, Nocturnal Animals. Nocturnal which Animals. I still have not seen. It, it, that is a crazy good movie, and his performance in that. I don't think I don't even know if he got nominated for an Oscar. I'm gonna double check that real quick. Um, he didn't, and I just think that's a shame because when you see that, his performance is it's visceral and it is horrifying mm. and intense, and he is just it's so good. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Ray Fines, which, by the way, people, it's not Ralph Fiennes. It is Ray Fines. Ray Fines. Which I can't even tell you how many conversations I've had with people calling him Ralph Fiennes, and either they think his name is that too, or they just decide. Oh, your brother does that. I thought it was Ralph Fiennes. But he does it on purpose. Oh, he does? Yeah. I mean, why not R A Y F? Anyways. Weird British spelling, and I don't know. Stanley Tucci. Charles Dance from Game of Thrones, Daniel Bruhl, who I love Daniel Bruhl. He is an incredible actor. He's been in a lot of great things lately, most notably the one I just watched. He was in this uh, limited series on TNT that I watched all the way through called The Alienist, and I just, I loved it. I loved that show. It was great. They had great set pieces, and he was excellent in it, for sure. Um, He got nominated for his roles in that. Um, So they they have a... star-studded cast here um and i'm excited to see the movie and i'm a kingsman fan so just keep your eye out for that that has been moved back to 2020 uh moving on we have a rocket man trailer which is starring kingsman star taron edgerton and i'm looking forward to this movie because it looks like they're going to take the biopic and kind of turn it on its head. They're going to put a little bit of psychedelic elements in there, a little bit of fantastical elements, yeah. and make it a little bit different than something you would get from maybe a Bohemian Rhapsody or or there's a new Montley Crew one coming to Netflix. There's the typical biopic, and I like that they're kind of going with this fantastical element to it. Have you watched the trailer for this? I did. Um, I am interested. I normally don't really care for biopics, um, which is funny because I know you love them. It's one of my favorite. It's but maybe my favorite genre. I love them just because I feel like you got to walk that line between being true to real life, but also you have to tell. Like I feel like a movie should tell a narrative, right? Yeah. Um, but like you said, this movie seems to be getting a little fantastic with it, which intrigues me. 
Um, I like Elton John's music. Taron Egerton's a really great actor. Um, I think, what's his name? Richard Madden Mm -hmm. is also in it. Uh, He was on Game of Thrones as Mm -hmm. Rob Stark. He's also on Netflix's Bodyguard right now. Incredible. I'm happy to see him in more stuff. I loved him in Game of Thrones. Um, Yeah. So it's exciting that he's showing up in mm-hmm. movies. Um, he's great he's, in Bodyguard. I, he's had movie, uh, I think Disney's live action Cinderella. He was like Prince What's oh, was he? What in that. Which, by but the way... That was a couple years yeah, ago. Well, Disney's live action Cinderella for like Forgotten. arguably the most famous princess of all time. They yeah. like just went... They just like rushed that out. No real promotion. It kind of came and went. It came and went so fast that I thought the Cinderella one was like... I was like, is this a Disney movie or is this one of those like takes that's from just the children's tale, but not based off the Disney film? Sure. And it's it's a it's one of Disney's live action films, but they didn't promote it really at all. It makes you kind of nervous, but I should catch it sometime. But yeah, uh, he's I'm interested in, in Rocket Man for yeah. sure. Yeah, and uh, they also released before the new trailer. They released a little behind the scenes snippet, and some people thought this might be just you know, a fluff, a puff piece for Taron Edgerton's performance, but uh, he's actually singing in this. He's actually yeah. singing, and um, and a couple things. Elton John said that he doesn't think he's heard, he hasn't heard anyone else sing the, his songs as well as he's heard Taron sing them, but he also wanted Taron to take his own interpretation of the song. So there's a couple things to that. I think wanting to cover themselves I feel like we talked about this last week too. You, you did, but yeah, wanting to cover them about hey, they he, we aren't going to be using Elton's music, songs. We're gonna Elton's voice. We're gonna let our guys sing. And Taryn's a very talented person, very yeah. talented actor, and obviously can sing like crazy because he sounds great in the yeah. trailer. But yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> so that's that's definitely excellent. Um, another headline I saw this week: Black Widow is not going to be rated R, which there were some rumors that it was going to be. That should not surprise anyone. I don't, yeah, I, I yeah, they're not going to start mixing their message with, with their characters, no. and they certainly aren't going to do it with Black That's, Widow. People are fooling themselves if they thought that was going to happen. Yeah, it, right now, as it stands right now, Black Widow is a character all these young, uh, all these young girls and young women can go see and idolize, and they aren't about to say, um, <laughs> they're not about to be like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, she's a rated R killing machine in her own solo right. movie, and she's already been a part of all of these PG thirteen yeah. films. And I don't think she's. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, you could say the same thing about Wolverine, I guess, but. Uh, Disney's not going to do that. Yeah, no, they they don't. They, I mean, even well, with the with thing Logan, is, I mean, when I, yeah, but even with the Wolverine stuff and in those X Men movies, like he's brutally killing these people. There's, there's no blood, yeah. so they're okay with it. He's plunging. Well, and his the claws movie was into even them. just called Logan, like <clears throat> not even like X Men. Yeah, whatever stories, it's Logan. Just, like, it's just like it wasn't blatantly. I, I mean, I mean, the director came out and said like he straight up didn't even take into account any of the other X-Men movies. No. He just is like, I'm going to make this movie and I'll choose the actors I want to play. It's it, so, eventually, what he basically was saying is like, the way I took it is like, 
it's a coincidence that Hugh Jackman became my Wolverine because he was perfect for Wolverine. And it's a coincidence that Patrick Stewart is my uh, Professor X because he's perfect for Pref- Professor X. It's not because they played them in the past. It's because they own these characters. So I'm going to make my own movie, and it doesn't fall in any sort of timeline. Well, and I guess here we go with DC again. But that's what I think they should do. And I think that's just abandon the grand cinematic universe which i know they're saying like they're not focusing on it more they're just want to tell these stories but like i'm fine with them telling movies that even ignore continuity from other movies see just tell tell stories well i'm okay with them telling i just think here's the thing i don't think they necessarily even need to ignore the continuity they just don't have to connect their movie to the existing continuity It's not that they have to ignore the existing continuity. They could just tell a story that is in this world and whatnot. It just doesn't necessarily have to affect a larger timeline because they're smaller-based stories, which is something I think they're doing with Birds of Prey. That's actually apparently rumored to be rated R. Um, and that's, so that's going to be a rated R flick and that's going to take place in the DC universe. So I, I agree. I think the most interesting thing DC can do right now and are trying to do is to have this big bucket of, uh, imagine a this bucket is their cinematic universe, and they're just going to throw in whatever film they want to make this collection of, a, a unique collection of different ratings, different t- themes, different tones, but all taking place in the same universe. And I think that's what they're trying to do, and it does make it interesting. It's an interesting approach. Not knocking on... Um... Marvel, I think the cinematic universe is really cool. I just think, you know, maybe what's holding DC back is they're they're trying to be like Marvel, but like better, but it's not working. Just let Marvel be Marvel. Do your own thing. Yeah. Have your own approach. And and Marvel has made I mean, they continuously put out films that land well with critics because most critics also, they don't look at it necessarily as a grand scale of the universe. They might look at that on an Avengers movie, but Marvel has found a formula and a tone that lands well with critics and equally lands well with, with their fans, which are interested in the big universe. But critics, they're not going to look at the uh, each individual Marvel movie and be like, yeah, this is just the same tone as Guardians of the Galaxy. It's the same tone as this movie and this movie because they all share the same tone. They aren't looking at it as linked together. They don't get bothered by that. They're just like, hey, this movie is good for this reason. Like, it stands on its own as a good movie. And if you could you could make the argument that, yeah, it gets boring to see these movies with the same tone over and over again, but that shouldn't affect the actual, like, rating the film gets. So I think they, sure. they, they break it off into each piece. For people like us, I look at it as a whole and... I don't get as excited for Marvel movies because I, I know what I'm going to get. I, I know what I'm going to get, and Marvel's fine with that. Now, the only things I... The, the, kind of know what you're going to get with DC, too, though. Well, maybe. You just... Because you could say that, but there's also, like... I don't know. You just don't... In terms of tone, I don't know if you know what you're, you're going to get. get. A, a janky... In terms of humor, <laughs> I, you're not going to know what you're going to get. You're going to get a movie that you're going to have to defend maybe. for the rest of your life. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but but, uh, but you look at it like you don't know what you're going to get really in terms of tone. Sure. And that's because the, each of these movies really have, I mean, other than 
shoot, I honestly, I each one of them seems to have their own different tone. Maybe Man of Steel and BVS are the most similar tonally, um, but that's that's definitely one of the benefits of DCs right now is they're doing that. And um, that, and again, that's why I just don't necessarily get excited for Marvel movies unless it's a big event movie. Like I loved Avengers: Infinity War, and I know I'm gonna love Endgame because there's stakes. Yeah, um, but. So get back to Black Widow. Yeah, real quick. Not being rated um, R. Definitely not. Kevin Feige came out. Never be. I am excited for it though. I really like that character. Um, Straight up, she's probably like top three of the MCU characters for me. She had a great intro. As uh, she's just cool. Like she's got this really cool. Said cool twice, very close to each other, and I didn't even mean. I don't know where I'm going. Just the just that kind of dry, snappy wit the character has that she can go, you know, stand shoulder to shoulder with these super powered people, and she's she's fine. And on top of that, too, this is where Marvel again has done a great job in terms of how they've built this universe. If you took before, I mean, even I mean before Iron Man came out and the Marvel Cinematic Universe began, if you dropped the Avengers in a theater, there's going to be, there's not going to be that much. I, I, it's definitely not making a billion dollars. There's definitely people who aren't very familiar with the characters at all. Like who's black widow, who's Hawkeye. I know who captain America is cause he's, you know, but I, I don't really know anything about his character. I know who Hulk is cause he's this famous green guy. He had his own show in the eighties and you drop them into a theater. It's not going to get as much money. It's not going to get as much hype. But that's where Marvel has done a great job because if they you built did, to it, yeah. And if you did that with Justice League, though, even like if you drop Justice League in a theater like eight, ten years ago, people know all those. Those characters have been household names forever because because the cartoons, Super Friends. We grew up with Justice League. I mean, the cartoons that we grew up with Marvel wise are X Men and Spider Man, who Marvel didn't even own. Yeah. I knew those those characters. I really care about still yeah. because I grew up with them. But I grew up much more with like the Justice League and and all those well, characters because the series Justice and, League cartoon was great. It's amazing. And Batman Marvel, Beyond, yeah. the Batman animated series, yeah. which I've thought about buying, but like the Blu-ray box set's like 80 bucks. I'm like, yeah. nope, nope, not going to do it. Yeah, it's, I subscribe to DC <laughs> I have Universe. I to remind myself I'm an adult. <laughs> right, right. No, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to hold off on that. But yeah, it's, it's, so that's where Marvel has done such a great job is because if you would have asked me who Black Panther was before Iron Man 2, where she made her appearance... I would have not, I, would have, I have no idea. I have no idea who Black Widow is. During the movie, sure. I had no idea who Black Widow was that she was kicking ass. But every all the other Marvel people who were like maybe read the comic books did know. But that is such a unknown character that is now as like very, very popular. It was actually um, through toys for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this, I think they still make them, but they're not as cool as they used to be. The Marvel Legends... Six inch action oh, yeah. figure series yeah. that you know when we were little kids, those started coming out. Yeah, they still make them. They were the coolest toys at no. the time. No. They had like sixty points of articulation. Yes. And they were very detailed. Dude, I never played um, with an action figure unless you could bend its knees and elbows. <laughs> <laughs> could not do it. I feel bad for kids these days. Back, you know, I worked retail a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. just going through the toy, I was like, these are so shitty. Like, <laughs> I know it's like poor quality. I but, know. Uh, yeah. There's actually, there's, and I want to bring it here because I, I want to post it somewhere because I'm, 
I've always been curious. I have this action figure that was like my favorite figure to pretend be as the villain in my little scenarios I'd make my action figure. Mm-hmm. And it's this character that has this like green skin and this Joker-like smile and it has this ponytail with black and white. But I, I loved the action figure because it could bend its arms at different points of articulation and it wore this like black like raggedy like jumpsuit type of thing it was like a tight jumpsuit almost i think and it it was like really raggedy but i don't know Did it have like um like a werewolf mask you could put on it maybe i think i had the same toy are you serious i I don't know what it is but i had that dude i might have to bring that in for you to take a look because i feel like i it did have a mask and i think i lost it at some point it had a werewolf mask and like werewolf arms you could put on it and it never made sense to me because it clashed with the green and black underneath (laughs) but dude this is crazy yeah i know what you're talking about i I just don't know what it is i i can remember it's so weird i don't remember where i was i don't remember what city i don't remember what store all i remember is pulling it off the shelf and it's packaging and my mom being like okay yeah you can get it and and I, it's been my villain toy it was my villain sure. toy forever i need to get that out of the bucket and i'm gonna it, try to google this while we're talking I, you know what it i saw an image that the other day that made me think of it i is it dr jackal and mr hyde do you think it has anything to do with no. that like a cartoon no i just have no idea no idea so i i've always been curious um but yeah, it's it's uh, a <laughs> let to bring that in, dude. That's crazy because that sounds very familiar. The werewolf thing, mask. That's crazy. Let me see. <clears throat> any any luck? I'm still looking. No, I, I honestly I don't know. I don't know where I could even. I don't even know what to even look up. Yeah. But it's like green and black action figure, and uh, it's it's yeah, it's tough. But um. Yeah, but anyways, on the, <laughs> the that that is so you were saying that's how you knew Black Widow though from those action figures and whatnot. Yeah, so. like Black Panther. Like yeah, Black Panther toy was, was sweet. Absolutely. Um, I hey, don't play with action figures anymore. For anyone listening, just putting that out there. I absolutely do. I just I have fond do. memories. I still play with them. I dump them out on my floor, and uh, and it's a great time. Hey, look who just showed up, T. Hey, it's Tim. It's Tim. Tim, turn, turn your on your mic on, on buddy. Why, why, hello there. Welcome to the pod, my friend. Hey, look at this. Jordan got us a brand new little connector That's thing. fancy. Yeah, it's pretty dope. It's Here. like a little uh, Decepticon. It's All right. You think it's going to transform? <laughs> I don't believe so, but man, is it nice. It's You don't have the little... We don't have the issue anymore. The mic's cutting out. It's quite awesome. Ooh. Where's my wire? Um, I don't know. Is it right here? Is this your wire? Um, so, Tim, we were just discussing Black Widow uh, not being a rated R movie and Kevin Feige having to come out and like confirm that, and we, we all thought it was obvious that it wasn't going to be a rated R movie anyways, and... We, anyone thinking there, that it would be was kidding themselves. You know, I'm googling. Yeah, I don't. I don't see. There's no real reason to make it rated R. I mean, they, they're doing well enough with PG-13 movies. They don't need to. Yeah, and I, I said, change the character. Yeah, and I said there's so. not. They're not about to have like all these little girls who look up to Black Widow go to like <laughs> see a trailer for a rated R movie of Black Widow like slitting dudes throats and killing them in Russia because she got abducted just, and just like straight up 300. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just think they should everywhere. have made this movie years ago. They've I, been sitting on this character like you thought I, if anyone's going to be the first person to do the uh, female superhero movie, 
Marvel with Black Widow, and then they're like, no, nah, we're going to sit on it and then let DC beat us to the punch it's, with Wonder Woman. It's really cute that they pretend that their movies aren't going to make a shit ton of money because uh, that's the reason they haven't made it. There's no, they didn't believe the character could carry their own. That's so stupid. But, thing, that's, that's, only re, that's the only explanation I, that they I don't think believe I they carry. I heard that. Yeah, that yeah, they at don't the time, that. they were like, they just didn't think and it was like, interesting. I really don't think Black Widow would make a lot of money compared to the other superhero but movies. But wouldn't, it wouldn't it would need still, to have as big of a budget because she just, oh, yeah, she's just, just a shooty spy lady. It's a right, spy thriller, right. and Ant-Man made, like, what, 600 million total or something like that that might be generous but it made a lot of money and it still made all the money marvel needed to make a sequel for it and the sequel did well enough for to make a yeah another one but so i i would have i mean black widow would probably I mean, have a shot of being their most profitable movie ever another got a black widow pop right there behind you oh you do another thing you kind of need to consider is if you dissect all the movies each movie you know yes it's its own story but it plays an integral part in what happens in the Avengers? Right. I mean, with Black Widow, she. Does, I mean, she she helps, but she wouldn't really contribute. But I. So what I can see happening is, so the whole theory is in the new Avengers game, uh, you know they're gonna beat Thanos. Well, that sounds weird. They're gonna beat Thanos, but then they're gonna introduce a new enemy. You which were too could, loud for a second. In mind, sorry. So I was just I was just turning but, yours down. No, you're fine. Um, they're gonna introduce a new enemy, which could very well be the Scrolls, which is what a lot of people are thinking, which would also come in to what Black Widow does best, you know, um, kind of going undercover, figuring things out, and kind of, you know, collapsing organizations. So um, that would kind of fit her skill sets a little bit more than making it prior to the whole Thanos thing. Yeah. I think it's going to be a prequel anyways. It's probably going to be way before she meets anyone yeah. from the Avengers, mm-hmm. I'd imagine. But, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't like that Marvel and Disney and uh, Star Wars make their Funko Pops have bobbleheads. I like it. I would much rather them be sturdy, solid heads. I don't know. I think they're kind of funny. Like, walk by and they all kind of like gnawing at you. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's up. That's, that's up. That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, moving on from the Black the Black Widow subject, uh, finally on our In the News segment, their uh, new Lion King poster was dropped by John Favs, Johnny Favs on his um, Instagram. And it's just an interesting looking poster. It definitely uh, in- invokes a sense of. Uh, nostalgia for me but um i with with all these with all these disney movies coming to live action and some of them landing with people some of them not it's uh, one of them that did was jungle book by john fav john favreau's jungle book and i wouldn't have had anyone else do the lion king so i'm super excited about it and i, I was talking to tim last night he didn't even realize the voice cast and how perfect all these voice casts well the castings are for it i kind of knew but it, it it just amazes me each time billy eichner as I, didn't, I didn't realize that that's and, perfect perfect and, role. and, and seth rogan as pumbaa those are that is <laughs> that is such a great casting those are like two of the greatest castings ever but then uh they got a they got john oliver to be Zazu, which is a that perfect is a cast very good too. Role. Yes, and I'm like God. I cannot wait to see this. Um, I'm excited to see what Childish Gambino does. Uh, Donald Glover does with Simba, because I thought, I thought, um, what's his face? Uh, Ferris Bueller days off. Uh, is he is he doing um, both young and older Simba? I, I no, are they going to separate no, they'll, that they'll, out? They'll have a kid actor for young Simba, I imagine. But. Uh, who is the guy who played Ferris Bueller's Day Off? He's Matt, uh, Matthew Be- Matthew Broderick. Broderick. Yeah. yeah. He was uh, a great. I mean, he's the iconic Simba voice. He, it's, they, he you know, was Simba. Yeah. Oh wow. Was he really? Yep. 
Yes, he was. Um, really? Yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to double check that because I don't know if that. Go ahead. Jeremy Irons was Scar, who I should have. I think they should have brought him back. I don't. I I, I think Chetwell Igea or whatever. How do you pronounce his name? I I hope I didn't butcher Could that. Not, well, I'm not the guy well, to go. I'll, but Jeremy Jeremy Irons was a great scar. I'll and I think be, they should have brought him back. But Matthew Broderick was Simba. I told yeah. you. And Johnny one. English was Zazu. Yeah, that was. A, I mean, see, some of these voice can I, I guess they, they just wanted to stand on its own and give you enough reason to come see it again. But they let James Earl Jones be Mufasa again. Like that was the only iconic voice in that movie. But I think Jeremy Irons' scar is equally iconic performance. It's it's a. a but, um, right. Yeah, I mean, are you guys excited for our Lion King still? Yeah, I'm more excited about that than Aladdin. It's gonna make a lot of money. Oh, sure. It's gonna make a lot of money. I, oh, I'm more excited about that than Aladdin. So the the like with me and Disney movies, I watched them not often, but a decent amount of times as a kid. I don't really remember a whole lot about most of the movies. Um, I guess Lion King is kind of an outlier because everyone remembers that. But um, I don't know it's kind of exciting to revisit that. Whole experience, I, yeah. and I need to really binge all the animated, the classic animation Disney yeah. films. I need to rewatch all of them. But Lion King and Aladdin were constant watches for me as a kid, and Lion King is something I watch frequently still as an adult, and and uh, I very much like it. So, um, yeah, so that's gonna do it for our in the news segment, and uh, we're gonna go on to our next segment for the day, and that is what is out in the box office now. Did you guys ever see Happy Death Day? Uh, I did not. I did not. It's fun. <laughs> That's what I heard. It's a fun, it was, fun uh, little... It was actually kind of a pleasant surprise. It's not yeah. It's not like a horror movie. It's yeah. a thriller, and it's um, it's a fun little thing. Yeah, it, it definitely... Ba- I, it, I would batch it in with Scream, even though Scream could be a little bit more traditional horror, but Scream is very much thriller and very much comedy mixed with that, and I, I think Happy Death Day borrowed a lot from that tone. And it, it, for those who don't know, the Scream series is one of my favorite series of all time. I I love the Scream series. I've never seen a Scream film. Oh, I think I've man. only seen Scream They're great. Four. They're great. They're nostalgic. They're nostalgic, they funny, uh, probably not. thriller horror movies. <laughs> no, and, not really. And they're, they're, it's that perfect amount of cheese that you get from those 90s slasher films. And it's Wes Craven. It's Wes Craven's baby. He directed all four of them. You know, I'm, I'm um, craving some Craven. So. You're free to leave. I this past October I made myself try to watch as many like um, horror movies prior to the year 2000 as I could. Mm -hmm. Scream was on the list, but I I could not find it like streaming anywhere. There's just not many things that can match the the feeling of the 90s, the 80s and 90s horror film. It's almost like the 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 CGI has gotten too good for its own for its own sake. It just it takes away from the. The whole I don't know, makeup, the, the whole and... spookiness of it, yeah. yeah. Even though it's like it's, they go for, even though it's horrifying, and a lot of those like hereditary, just there's something that's missing that you get in those older films, the Wes Craven style stuff. So, Happy Death Day to you is out in theaters, and definitely I, I have to recommend it because I like the first one. If you haven't seen the first one, definitely go check that check that out because it's a it's a fun flick. Um, also out now, Fighting With My Family. That was the one Brianna brought up uh, that was very un-Sundance. But um, I've loved all the trailers for it. It reminds me very much of Edge of 17. Um, I feel like we talked about this on last week's podcast, we too. You, we I need to do a better job of uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, shuffling through these. But go, I don't go think on, we, but, go on. But we were just talking about it in general um, with its Rotten Tomato score. But, yeah, that's also out in theaters now. And it, What is it sitting at? 
like 92% fresh. Yeah, it's doing nice. pretty well. And like 91% fresh on the on the audience score as well. So um, definitely give that one a shot. It's The Rock's first little, uh, I don't want to say indie because it's clearly a big budget movie. Look at the it's trailer. A, it's, it's a pebble. It's, it's a pebble. It's a pebble. It's The Rock's pebble. It's not the largest budget movie he's done, but it's definitely, but by the way, The Rock is freaking... <laughs> My God, he literally just got done shooting Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, and like he just posted the Instagram. I'm he he's back on set for Jumanji too. It's like he doesn't stop. It's out this. I I will never get over that it's out this Christmas. See, that yeah. is such a large budget movie to get out by Christmas. It's kind of starting to turn for me. The whole Rock thing. Like I love the Rock, yeah. but he's just. Everywhere, yeah. See, I don't. It's saturated. But for me, it's I'm up to my eyeballs and rock. But for me, movies. it's get them out of here. It's like Star Wars for me. If they're good movies, make as many of them as you want. If you keep making, if you make bad movies and you start to wear out your welcome because you just keep putting out bad movies and the studios keep hiring you, I so I would complain more if I didn't find a lot of this stuff so damn entertaining. Like I thought, I thought that Rampage movie was really entertaining. I, I feel I like I thought his sky, uh, his sky, his what was it? His uh, skyscraper, skyscraper movie was entertaining. I still haven't seen that. Jumanji was good. It's, uh, it's all of his these. I've seen all of them, and they're all good. I feel like the Rock movies are movies you're not excited about, but you'll go see because it's the Rock, sure. and you're pleased with it afterwards. Yeah. But it's not. Anything spectacular? Do you guys ever see the rundown with uh, the yeah, Rock that was and a fun, Sean William that's Scott? A fun one too. That's, a fun that's one a movie too. I want a sequel to, even though it's so so far. And after Sean William Scott is nowhere near the star he ever no, even but was. He's but. awesome, and he doesn't show up a whole lot these days. But like, like role models, he mm-hmm. was great. Goon, if you haven't seen Goon, is great. Yeah. Um. I just want more Sean William Scott in our life. I do too. I don't mind it. I haven't seen Goon. Um, one of my good friends, McKenna, had always recommended I see Goon. Goon's really good. Um, so I'll have to, I'll... And I think it's got, there's a Goon 2 on Netflix. Mm-hmm. He was excellent as Stifler. Um, see, I I don't, I never saw any of the American Pie movies, I. but. I've seen them. Well, a few. The Rundown's a great. Kid. Make a sequel to The yeah, Rundown. My parents did not know. You were fast forwarding to the boobs, weren't oh you, Tim? Oh, God. Uh, plead the fifth. <laughs> and finally, in box offices now is How to Train Your Dragon 3. If you guys haven't seen this series, cannot recommend it enough. It's a gem. It's absolutely fantastic. The only thing I would change, and I, for for fans of the series, they may not like this, I wish they would have gone with someone other's voice than Jay Baruchel's because I think they're going for this epic conclusion, and he still sounds like Jay Baruchel, which is not... <laughs> He does not sound like like the first one. He was supposed to be a teenager, right? No, I think he sounds. I think he sounds the exact same. I don't right, but yeah. yeah, he didn't sound like a teenager back then. That always kind of threw me. I I never got on board with his voice. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one thing I've been bothered with. But the guy loves the series, and he's and he he talks really well about it. And I've loved the. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's a great. I, I've seen great the, series. I've seen one and two. And there's a lot of great lore to it. So I hope they keep you know doing maybe do spinoff movies or something. It's 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 great. So definitely go check out How to Train Your Dragon Three. And finally, we're going to move on to our next segment, and that is the main event. 
So, boys, the Oscars were last night, the 2019 Oscars. And I have to say, there's a couple things. One, it didn't feel as, as star-studded as an event as it's always been. Like, there, you could look in the crowd and really see big stars. And there was definitely some there, but it did feel like it was missing I a little agree. bit of star power, you, which is kind of the spectacle of yeah. the Oscars. Um, you mentioned that last night. I don't think we saw Brad Pitt, George Clooney, Tom Ben Hanks, Affleck, Matt Damon, Meryl Streep, they were just, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. They've got better things to do than yeah. sit through the Oscars. Well, they, yeah, I mean, I suppose after going to so many of them, you've seen you've seen everything that could be done. But yep. still, that's kind of the the part I enjoy watching is the spectacle of it, watching the reactions of these famous people. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It's that's one of the part of the reasons I watched it. However, how do you guys feel about the no host? There's there's two things. One, I was glad with the pacing of it. It was kind of it very much focused on the awards itself this year. It felt yeah, like. Yeah, I but agree. I also kind of missed maybe some of the skits that you would get. But on the on the other side, you know, where I get tired of the same old skits. They they seem to they tackle a lot of the same topics every year, which they have every right to do. But for me, I'm I'm just someone who likes to kind of disconnect during some of these things. And some of these get to late night humor. Where, yeah, well, you you've said before, like you just don't like when they get kind of political. I don't. It. Yeah, I don't, and I understand where. Which, by the way, I thought a lot of the speeches were really well done with maybe the political points they made. I feel like what the, a lot of the future award shows could be could learn from this is that these people who won and for the most part talked about their political stance, they did it in a way that it was. This is why I believe this type of thing. Hey, uh, and, and spoke to it very. Just to me, they spoke very well about it. Whereas a lot of the previous Oscars, maybe with like Meryl Streep's speech a couple of years ago, it felt like she was wagging her finger at us and like you know, kind of like you better, I know better than you type of thing. And I don't like when they take that approach. I like when they just speak to themselves and speak about what issues bother them in a way that's not attacking anyone. Just like hey this and they speak on it and they speak true to themselves i can appreciate that i don't have a problem with that yeah i can see that i mean yeah i i, I like the whole no host thing because um I, kn- I know in like past years they do political joke after political joke and it just kind of gets old and not all the jokes land this one yeah is more focused on the movies and their speeches were really good um i mean aside those first two those were a little cringeworthy but you know again they have a lot of nerves and whatnot but for the most part yeah I, I liked the way they portrayed their speeches they you know pushed off their beliefs in a very respectable manner and yeah you know and i, I, I like that because you as you said like the political jokes time after time again it just it seems like it's it's just weird you're watching like an echo chamber then you know everyone's right. it's like come it's, on just let's talk so about these movies let's talk about what's I, really right. important tonight i understand that you know, as a someone with power, you want to be able to use your platform to pass along your mm-hmm. message, right? Yeah. But you also have to be aware that, you know, this night isn't solely about what your beliefs are and pushing your beliefs. It's about the movies that are made and the awards that they're, you know, deserving of. And you kind of, you don't want to take that away. You want to make it all about that. Yeah. Um, Tanner, what do you think of the hostless Oscars? I didn't watch it live. I was just uh, refreshing the Reddit thread every couple minutes. <laughs> you didn't watch it? No. I don't have cable. Oh. oh. You I wasn't going to come yeah, over. should have just come on over. It's it three was just, hours, fam. I got other things to it do. It was just uh, Max and me chilling in my living room. 
Well, it's uh, I don't blame you. I mean, I I understand if you didn't want to catch it. It's for me. It's one of the main award shows I like to watch. Uh, so I I I, I kind of like to tune in on that. Now, the hosts I like to see. I like to see like hosts like Tina Fey and like Amy Poehler and stuff like that. They seem to touch on things that are just comedic and not necessarily things you'd see on every day on SNL and right. and every opening skit to late night television. Um, which you did get a little bit of that. They started off the tr- the that, and then they actually they that shoots my argument in the foot for them because they did say <laughs> like right off the bat they 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 said something really cringy. It's just like oh god, it's like kind of a groan moment just right off the bat. Something about it's like blah 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 blah, and Mexico is still not paying for the wall. And I was like, yeah. And I just like it's just one of those jokes where it's like it, I'm okay with those jokes. It's just like. You got to do it well. And for me, it was just like a groan moment. Mm-hmm. I just went, oh, God, not, not, you, you didn't, you didn't do that one well. It's like, you're okay to joke about it. But it, when it's so, like, I've heard that a thousand times. I've heard the, a joke about that a thousand times. So you got to come with it a little, rig, some originality. So, right. I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, what were some of our favorite moments from the Oscars last night? Again, you didn't watch it really, uh, but did did you see some of the, the the speeches, Tanner, or anything like that? Nope, not a thing. Nope, <laughs> not a thing. I don't respect it. What, what don't you respect uh, about it? Did you see some of those results, dude? Oh well, that's okay. Black that's Panther okay. had a heyday. Won way too many awards. So did so yeah. did Bohemian Rhapsody. So did Bohemian Rhapsody. Like what? Oh yeah. This this was the, uh, what the very hell? strange Oscars. What it really the hell? was very strange was with very, some of the awards given out. I'm like, I'm like, what's going on here? It's like, like, I've I've watched a lot of Oscar movies in my lifetime. Bohemian Rhapsody is not an Oscar. They're worthy movie, especially with like the editing bit. I'm like. There was cuts all over the place, yeah. and and the Bohemian rap. It was just like cut, 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 and it was just like right. nonstop in some scenes. I yeah. couldn't believe that one best editing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. The only the only award that I agree with is Rami Malek winning uh, best actor. It was a it was a toss up between him and Christian Bale. And I actually wanted to discuss this because something something came to my my attention. Go Uh-oh. ahead, Daniel. Uh oh. No. Ethan Hawke exists. Ethan <laughs> Hawke in First Reformed. I know we're past talking about snubs, but that is just a knockout career-defining performance in my mind. First Reformed is so fucking good. He is, and he's it only f- got nominated for one award, and it lost it to, um, what was it? Was it a original or adapted? Original screenplay. Uh, yeah, and it lost it to uh, Black Klansman. Which, okay, I haven't seen Black Klansman. It's really maybe, good. Maybe it's it is really, good. It's really so good. So maybe it did deserve it. But I'm just more mad that First Reform did not get more representation. Yeah. But in, yeah. and Especially for Best Action. Sure. And I feel the same way about Paddington, too. And I'm sure you feel the same way, too. Yeah, <laughs> there was totally snubbed. There were some hey, big snubs. Yeah, you know, you know who didn't get snubbed? <laughs> Christopher Robin, oh, it got nominated. Yeah, it, it didn't win. That it was didn't. upsetting. Um, I actually recorded you just in case they did win because I didn't even think you realized they were nominated for something. No, I knew they were nominated. Oh. Well, I deleted the I recording because obviously they didn't win. And there it was is visual effects. I was going to lose it if they won, <laughs> but I, I think First Man was much more deserving. But something I want to point out in terms of Rami Malek's performance, at first I was like, "Wow, that was phenomenal." You know what I did like the past like couple days? I watched a ton of Freddie Mercury interviews, a ton. Yeah. And 
unfortunately, it took and made me it it made me change my mind a little bit about Rami's performance. Rami gave a great performance. If that wasn't necessarily Freddie Mercury, if that was just a guy he was turning into some rock star, flamboyant rock star, it's great. And it's still it's an excellent performance. But is it a great performance as Freddie Mercury? It has now changed my mind. It he was very he gave Freddie a little bit more femininity and a little bit I mean he was always flamboyant but in these interviews like Freddie doesn't come off very effeminate he doesn't come off super flamboyant in some of these interviews like Rami's always like <laughs> he's yeah. always saying like hey, you know love and love, love. He's always saying that to like the and like Freddie. A little just, saucy. Yeah, he's a little yeah. saucy. And Freddie just like in the interviews I watched, he just straight up talks to people, and he's not yeah. being saucy. He, he really. kind of seemed in interviews like more of a reserved kind of shy. Yes, dude. Almost. And, and Freddie, in the way that Ram, Rami, performed, but maybe yeah. in his personal life, he yeah. was more because uh, he. I know one of the biggest struggles was with his sexuality, and he didn't want to come out to people. So it could have also been one of those things where. Yeah. He was focusing on well, even then. Not... It, it, these were after he came out. It seemed like, or, or I, I'm actually not sure if he actually publicly came out at any point. It, it was just a widely known fact, but yeah. it, uh, uh, but it was treated as a secret, I suppose. It, it'd be interesting to see what the Queen band members thought of his performance. I, I'm I'm sure there's probably interviews where well, they they said, well, they loved it. I think. Yeah. I mean, it, but you know, again. I just th- I thought it was good, but after watching it, if the the role is your actor, as does he deserve the Oscar? Potentially, he does. If you're going, but the one thing that made me decide he didn't deserve it compared to Christian Bale is that they're both doing biopics, and your job as an actor in a biopic is to represent that character as accurately as possible. And the person I thought did that better was Christian Bale. After watching these Freddie Mercury interviews, Christian Bale nailed it. Nailed it. Killed it, and you need to see Vice because it's incredible. So, if you're comparing two actors who did biopics, I think Christian Bale did deserve it now. Um, yeah. But I understand if it wasn't, if it was like, again, if it was Freddie Mercury, I mean, if it was Rami Malik playing a flamboyant rock star who, you know, gets AIDS and all that stuff, then that's great. He did a great job. Um, and he still did okay as Freddie. Um, and I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't think he did a bad performance at all in terms of an actor. It was great. Just I have those those qualms with it. I did like that Olivia Coleman won Dude. for the favorite. Oh, I, was, I pulled speech. her up just because her speech was, um, was hilarious. Although it was kind of weird if you've seen the movie, that character she plays doesn't necessarily seem like more of a lead than like Rachel Weiss's or yeah. Emma Stone's. Uh yeah, that part was weird, but I'm I glad seen the favorite it. actually got an award. Yeah, and I haven't seen it, so I yeah. can't really say. But um, yeah, Olivia Coleman's because it's a great performance. Yeah, and her speech was the best of the night, and that's oh, yeah. that's one of the better things. The, those are the people I like to see awards win the most. The the people who literally could be your next door neighbor whose profession just happens to be an actor, sure. like the Tom Hanks of people who are just like, it's like, hey, what are you doing next Friday night? We're doing a little barbecue. Yeah, I could swing by. I just got to go to the studio for a few hours, get a couple takes in, and we'll be over. It's like those yeah. are the type of people I love to see win these awards because their reactions are so genuine. And and Olivia was super charming. And I was telling you like as she was doing this, I'm like, this is an amazing speech. Oh yeah, she was well, she was witty she, and funny. She's and, like, I'm never gonna be up here again. Yes. 
self-depreciating, and, yeah. and it was great. It was great. It and was those, are the people, those are the people you would like to see these awards. Right. Um, which, by the way, Glenn Close, who she beat out, she is now on the longest Oscars uh, dry spell ever without winning one. She has been nominated seven times, and, did, and she was actually expected to win she's this been, Oscar. She's been close. Yeah. She's been very close. Glenn has been close. <laughs> absolutely and uh she didn't get it and she was expected to win apparently so that's why you oh, get really? such a a reaction from olivia coleman too which yeah. just makes it even better because right. she didn't prepare a speech she wasn't expecting to win she just like oh my god i won yeah. do you think she deserved to win it though oh yeah yeah it's a great performance okay. yeah oh yeah really good performance um also very happy spider-man won best animated feature oh yes. that was great um it was great. Which is funny because in my letterbox review I typed up, I said at the end, like, I'm already depressed knowing <laughs> that this is going to lose to whatever Disney yeah. movie. And I was wrong. Yeah. Glad was... to be wrong. Um, what Disney movie was it up against? Incredibles, Incredibles 2 and Wreck-It Ralph. Ralph. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was there a third or was it just no, those two? Just, uh, Isle of Dogs and then... Right. Mirai or... Yeah, it was... Uh, it was oh, uh, yeah. Did you know... Uh, I read this today... Disney has, there's been a Disney film winning Best Animated since 2007. Yeah. This is the first year it's 2006. since 2006 that yeah. Disney has not taken And the it. one year, well, there was one year, 2011, that they didn't win it, but they didn't put out an animated movie that year. Oh, uh, sure. In That's cheating. Yeah. But they, it, so it's great. It's great to see a change of pace. And Eat and, it. Yeah. It was, it was it. good. Revenge. It was good. Kubo's revenge. The death of the mouse starts now. <laughs> now, before we wrap up, I would be... I would I would feel bad if we d- didn't talk about apparently which is a very controversial topic Green Book winning. Unfortunately, I've not seen Green Book. Neither have I. Uh, my parents have. You want to? You want me to call them in? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, right. Call in, call in, Miss Miss Reichman. What I understand, um, and I almost feel like I can't talk about it, but also the Academy voters vote on movies that they haven't seen, so fuck it. Yeah. Um. From what I understand, by all accounts, Green Book is a perfectly okay movie. Mm-hmm. It's fine within context of it, just the film itself. Yeah. Um, and obviously a great performance by Mahershala Ali, getting right. that Oscar, yeah. Vigo up for the other. They're both great. Um, but just it just seemed like a very, what otherwise might have been a very safe choice mm-hmm. for an Oscar um, best picture win, but... There's kind of this larger um, meta controversy surrounding the movie, and I don't know all the details yeah, about do it. I. But um, I would love to talk about it more too. Maybe we could all watch Green Book at some point and yeah. come back on a podcast. I, I, and I think it's it. uh, what's his name, Don Don Shirley, uh, is the pianist that the film's about. Yeah. Um, if I got that name right, I think his family's maybe come out and said that this is not a very good depiction of him. Mm. Um, the screenwriter had some racist oh, tweets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Vigo had a snafu during some interview By the way, while promoting the movie. If you've been a celebrity on Twitter since like, get off Twitter. If you've been on oh, there yeah. since like 2010 and you don't remember what you tweeted for the love of God, man, 
blow that thing up and well, get out. I what mean, are you doing? Step one is Ugh. don't say racist things on Twitter to begin with. <laughs> step right. two is get rid of and, Twitter. And also, though, yeah. there's there are some things where there's different climates and whatnot where like things may have been more accepted, but now, like if you read them, it seems terrible. For instance, we've all been guilty of it in middle. I mean, in Midwest, at least. I don't know about Tanner. I won't speak for him, but Tim and I would always say like all the time growing up, like, oh, that's gay. That's gay, right? That was something that we've now don't say anymore. And it's, we've learned to be better people. But on top of that, like that was the climate back then. You could tweet that out and it probably wouldn't have been that big of a deal. So when you pull up something like yeah. that from Kevin Hart and you see those things, but just play it safe, just delete it. Like, yeah, there's different climates. Also, just don't be outright yeah. racist uh, as a person. Yeah. As you're don't, saying. Don't, don't be bad. Quick, don't be quick, a bad guy. Quick tip to all the listeners out there. If you do go to Twitter and you search for your handle, <laughs> With a colon and then a word, it's going to pull up all of your tweets, including that word. So go through every single cuss word, anything that could be... Google offensive words yes. and just go through the list uh, with your handle. You would be amazing. Some ridiculous tweets that I found some, from uh, some of my friends, like uh, like Jake, for instance. <laughs> let's not even... That's not even... That's, that's bad. But yeah, there's some... <laughs> Tanner's looking at us very concerned. Uh, Though, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um but yeah, so Green Book won Best Picture. I, did, I do still need to see it, but um, it's a very interesting year. It just seemed like that wasn't going to be the one that would win. It seemed like Aroma probably would have been the safest choice for people to be happy with it. Thank right. God Black Panther didn't win. Oh, my Lord. Oh, I was waiting. I was waiting for it. Well, I thought Bohemian Rhapsody was going to get it at that point. I was like, they've won all these. Because already won like yeah. 10 awards by I that like, I was like, here point. we go. Just give it to them. They're going to do it. But I would have been Again, upset. not the shit on Black Panther. I get it. Mm-hmm. As I've said before, like I do think it's a very culturally important movie. I think it's worth talking about. Yeah. It's worth recognition. It's not. It was not the best yeah. movie that came yeah. out this no. year. No. And on top of that, uh, on top of that, there is um, it just this this year's Oscars definitely rang true the, th- the the theme that 2018 was just kind of an off year for me for movies. It just really kind of oh was. yeah. It seems no, like everyone noticed that and it's hopefully this, these even I, years, yeah, man. Hopefully yeah. 2019 brings us a bounty of really great films. Well, we have a Martin Scorsese and then a uh, Quentin Tarantino movie coming out. Yep. Excited for those and we'll check those out. Absolutely. When they come. Um, well, I think that's going to do it for today's podcast, guys. I think we uh, got got in and out at a pretty decent time. Uh, got to discuss a variety of things, including recapping the Oscars. Uh, be sure to tune in for next week's uh, big-time podcast. We're calling it the Cinemaxies. We're going to have a bunch of different categories, some fun, some really fun ones, uh, some traditional ones that we just want to nominate people that we think deserve it. And it's going to be a good time. It might be – it's going to run pretty long. We're, we're just going <laughs> to talk about the movies we loved and the things we loved and, you know, have a little fun with it. So be sure to check that out. Um, I also want to go ahead and announce the winner of our Oscar competition for the Fandango oh. – for the Fandango Award of $25 gift card. To, I'm sure that sounds great on the mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To go maybe. uh to go to uh, Screw it. go see a movie with a friend or family or maybe just see it by themselves. A couple movies. And that is my friend Spencer Goches. Spencer, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, and I apologize. I hope that's correct. But oh, you were a friend, huh? So the fix was in. <laughs> no, no. But uh, it, Spencer, thank you for uh, participating in the competition. You have won our $25 Fandango gift card. We will be reaching out to you via email to uh, get you the details on how to get that. So thank you so much, Spencer, for participating. Congratulations. And thank you, everyone, who submitted a award uh, list Dude. sheet. 
did we uh do we do a tally of who won between we're gonna do that we're gonna, we'll do that next week we'll do that next week I'm feeling pretty good yeah and we'll we'll see we'll see who wins jordan jordan feels pretty good so um so that's gonna do it for today's podcast guys thank you all so much for listening to episode 15 of cinemastic pod we're gonna have a new uh episode of force vision out for you this week as well and uh next week again tune in for the cinemaxies um our next event podcast and um take care and have a great rest of your week guys thank you again for listening be sure to subscribe share with all your friends and uh for tim at tim trist for tanner at dan Rush. I am Max, your host, Max Fozzi. We'll be seeing you next time. Bye. Deuces. Don't be racist. Bye.